Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I am your host, Alex Gruskin. Part of the fun part of doing this podcast is we get to have so many fun conversations about the tennis world here at Cracked Rackets, ranging from professional level all the way to the junior level, talking about all of the different aspects from you know life on tour, what it's like in match play, uh, match tactics, and of course, a big thing we like to focus on with our guests, training for matches, your preparation. What does that look like from you from a, from a tennis standpoint? How long are you on the court drilling? How much match play are you doing? What are you doing off the court and of course what are you you fueling your body with and that is why I am so thrilled to bring on today's guest as a former player at the University of Miami as well as Arizona State he knows a thing or two about exceeding at tennis at a high level he has worked uh, for the past 12 years at Golub Tennis which has impacted so many children uh, 120 of whom have received college scholarships to university across the country for tennis his most recent event uh, Venture, something we are so excited about. His pursuit of solving the tennis mystery of can we find a tennis specific energy bar? And that is why I am so thrilled to bring on today's guest, Aerobar founding and managing member Andrew Golub. Andrew, welcome to the Cracked Interviews podcast. Thank you so much. I uh, appreciate you guys having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. I, I don't even know where to start here. I mean, I am on the Aerobar website right now, and I'm just lost in this honey, in this uh, cinnamon honey oat. It looks delicious. <laughs> it, it is delicious. So. <laughs> and uh, it, it uh, took us quite a long time to make those. So there's, yeah. uh, it's, it's very good. And, um, you know, and, and it was it was not an easy process. I can tell you that much. So. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about it. Aerobar is the company. Again, I I sort of gave a bit of a preview of it to our listeners, but can you give a little bit more? Talk about Aerobar, how it was founded, where it came from, all of those things. Yeah, my uh, business partner also played at the University of Miami. His name is Mark Aerosmith, and uh, he called me one day with an idea, um, modeling it. At, he was on the golf course. And it was kind of modeled after the first tee and 10th tee bars. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of those. But, um, you know, in the pro shop of a lot of country clubs and golf carts, there's a first tee and 10th tee bar. And Mark calls me and is like, you know, there's a golf-specific bar. Like, there's nothing for tennis. And uh, so that's how I was born. And uh, the name Arrow is his last name. But the reason we chose that is because we were very tennis-specific. We know the tennis world, and an arrow is a symbol of accuracy and direction. So um, that's why we chose Arrow Bar, because we wanted to go in that direction and really you know, pinpoint the tennis industry. So that's how it's, it got started. Uh, you talk about Mark Aerosmith, your partner. I say this lovingly. Arrow Bar, a little catchier than the Goldlip Bar. Oh, way go- way, yeah, <laughs> way catchier. And our other business partner is Rob Goldberg, so Gold Bar. I'm not sure that would have flown either. That, so, that sounds little... like an underworld sort of like yeah. the strip club sort of product for the gold bar. Yeah, that's. I don't think that one would have flown either. So <laughs> we had we, Arrow Bar made a lot more sense. 
<laughs> no, I love it. And you talk about that quest for a tennis-specific bar and where that comes from. Because I think a lot of tennis players, a lot of tennis fans, a lot of parents of uh, young players now can sympathize and empathize with this point of, you know, there are so many energy bars out there. There's the Gatorade ones, the whatever, whatever, whatever. You can get into whatever specific brand. Oh, yeah. But there really is nothing tennis-specific. And, you know, from your base as a player, was that something you thought about as you were playing in your career and just something you've thought about as you've been coaching kids over these past couple of years? Absolutely. I mean, specifically coaching, and then I took it back to when I was playing, but as a coach and you're at these junior tournaments and you see what these kids are eating pre-match and you're just on court, it's just, (laughs) there's a, you know, the thing is, is that I was the same way. It's not like I had a great understanding in juniors of nutrition, you know what I mean? And uh, tennis is becoming so fit and it's all i mean these guys are machines and they eat super healthy that we wanted to come up with a simple way to where you didn't really need to know a lot about nutrition just know that we are tennis guys we came up with this bar for you a bunch of professionals around the world are eating it so you should eat it too kind of we wanted to dumb it down a little bit we didn't want to go so intricate into the you know there's tons of science behind it don't get me wrong but we wanted to make sure that I want to make sure our company wants to make sure that we are a brand for tennis people. Like we are tennis people. All of our brand ambassadors are tennis guys. Like this is a tennis based company, you know, so we wanted to just dumb it down and make sure people understood that. And we did a ton of things in developing the bar that make it tennis specific. So I, I know gluten-free, keto, veganism has all taken off, it feels like, in these past 10 years, but I would argue the mainstream breakthrough in terms of nutrition dietary moments was when Djokovic announced that he was gluten-free, whatever that might have meant at the time. That was a breakthrough moment. It felt like there's the pre-gluten Djokovic and then the post-gluten Djokovic who won all of those slams. So, you know, tennis nutrition and sports nutrition in general over these past 10 years has really really taken off. And so when you talk about getting to it at a basic level, again, you were a coach for parents who think, well, you know, it's a 12 year old kid, they can throw anything down and you know, they'll, they'll get through it. Their metabolism will spit it up pretty quickly. Why is the arrow bar, you know, the product they should turn to? Why does nutrition even at age 12 matter? Oh man, it matters so much. I mean, they, Kids, you're right. I mean, you think as a kid, I thought the same thing. I remember looking back and I, I mean, I, I thought I could eat anything and get away with it. And now I look back and I'm like, man, I was so dumb. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, you look back on some that, you know, I remember being tired and this and that. And I never really knew why. And now I look back on it and, you know, I'm very healthy at this point of my life. You know, I'm very into nutrition and I see the difference. Uh, but, you know, the reason they should choose Aerobar is is because we literally went through every little detail of what a tennis player needs on court. And, and bringing up gluten-free is a great one to start with. Uh, you know, Andy Murray as well. Uh, Andy Murray made that very big when he changed his diet, uh, went gluten-free as well. That made a big impact on him. So, you know, there's a lot of things we did in the bar. Uh, one of them, there's some little things that from more of like taking it with you, on court to, to making it easy to, to digest. So like, so like we did high melting point chocolate chips in our bar. 
Um, that's just like one convenience. That's a convenience thing. Um, who wants to Who wants to go on court? You take a bar out. Chocolate's melted all over the place on a chocolate chip bar. Nobody wants to deal with that. So we went high melting point chocolate chips, um, which I didn't even know existed until I got into this business. <laughs> I was um, say my mouth is watering. Yeah, <laughs> I had no idea what that even meant, but now I get it. So, but they like they won't melt. The bar will not melt. It won't. You know, we made sure it didn't fall apart. So you know, you have Nature Valley bars and stuff like that where you throw it in your bag and it comes out and it's a crumbled mess. Um, we have more potassium in our bar per serving than a banana. You know, tennis players are high on bananas and I ate a ton of bananas, but the issue is a banana just really is useful for potassium. There's no complex carbs. There's no good fats. There's no protein. There's no real sodium in it. You know what I mean? So, um, we did a lot of little details. We made sure the ingredients are very clean. We tested it with our pros to make sure that they could eat the bar on court without using water um, meaning we wanted it like super 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 easy to digest because i mean you're on switchovers you don't have a lot of time you're drinking you're thinking about what you need to do you know you want to get the right nutrition in there you don't want to have a mess on your hands you don't want to you don't want to have to eat a banana then eat almonds and then eat all this all this stuff um so we just encompassed it in a bar um and we worked really hard to make sure that all of those key points were hit of what tennis players bring on court. And we encompassed it into the bar. We found the right nutritional values for it. Um, we worked really hard with, with our brand ambassadors, mainly Michael Russell, who, you know, as you know, one of the fittest guys ever on tour. Um, that's how he made his living. And uh, James Blake was heavily involved at the beginning stages. Those two were really heavily involved in our inception. Um, so, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was a very intricate process. You know, you think you're going out to make a bar and, you know, this is what we want. And <laughs> you become, you eventually have a PhD in, in nutrition after that. No, so. And it's, it's a good thing you do because, of, again, a lot of parents are unaware of how important that nutrition is. And I'm looking right now at the flavors, chocolate chip, cinnamon, honey oat. This is not a cooking podcast, but in an ideal world, it would be. Uh, give me the nitty gritty for like 30 seconds. The most enjoyable and the most frustrating part of the taste testing process. The most enjoyable was the finish line when we finally got it right. <laughs> Uh, the most frustrating was probably the three to 400 bars. I can't even count at this point that we got where we looked at each other and said, we're never going to come up with a bar that anyone's going to eat on court because this is, (laughs) this is, this is disgusting and it's dry and it tastes like crap. And like, you know, because we set out, we also, we, we went with a big challenge of trying to make it taste good. And usually anything that's really healthy and good for you has some limitations on taste. So we worked really hard on hitting all the points. And the last one was, you know, the dryness. Because at the end of the day, you know, you make a cookie and it's butter and sugar and all that. I mean, you take all that out, it's going to be dry and it's cardboard. So it's uh, it was really interesting so yeah that that would be my answer the finish line was definitely the happiest point when we ate a bar yeah. that we could stomach so did you get to put the apron on at all get in the uh kitchen yeah um mark aerosmith my partner is unbelievable at that process me and him talk um there's also a gentleman named richard mensing who is um, a fitness guru nutritionist um just awesome he's at the McEnroe academy in, in uh, randall's island in new york 
he helped us with the process as well as like I said as did the other ambassadors but he helped us so much with finding different ingredients how to put it together the nutritional values and Mark himself made them made them in his kitchen um, we, we chatted and Mark would go out he would he would do it so he was Mark was our food scientist <laughs> so that's that's awesome yeah yeah that's how we figured and- it out and you talked about the basic importance of nutrition, but I also want to, you know, ask you this question and ask you to put on your tennis coach mind because the importance of nutrition is somewhat the basic importance is obvious, but the way tennis has gone over the past 10, 15 years, the way is the sport is moving over the next 10, 20 years, it's slowed down with the strings, the way the balls are, the court surfaces, it's become a more physical sport. Do you think nutrition, I mean, this sounds obvious, but do you think nutrition is that much more important now given the physical nature of tennis? Man, I'm telling you, these guys are insanely good athletes at the highest level. I mean, and they are dialed in. Every little detail is accounted for. Their diet, their their fitness routine, their stretching, their recovery. I mean, it is every aspect of it is super important. And I would argue and say that, and I just know this from my own life and from my own tennis career, you know, if you're not fueling yourself properly, you just cannot get through the grind that these guys go through. I don't believe you can. I mean, I think it's, you know, it's what you're putting in the machine, the vehicle that's going to drive you. And that's why these guys focus on it so hard. That's why you see the top guys and a lot of the, the top pros, they have a full team and it's not just a tennis coach. I mean, they have, their physio, which is huge, you know, because I mean, let's face it, you know, going or traveling around the world, airplanes and all kinds of stuff, and your body's tightening up, you need the energy. I mean, these guys are doing tons of interviews, they're doing tons of stuff. So, I mean, I would argue that their nutrition is, and, and their, you know, being fit is probably the most important because they all can play tennis. I mean, they're all good. So, I would imagine that, in my opinion, that's top of the list. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And do you think that's changed since the days you've played? I mean, not to say, because you look <laughs> at a Pete Sampras who was a servant volleyer, things were quick, but, you know, there were still plenty of guys back in those days who were dynamite. Um, and it's not its not to, fair to say they weren't stellar athletes, but it, it does feel like, you know, being in shape, being physically fit, Roger Federer and Novak Djokovic go to a tiebreaker in the fifth at Wimbledon, 12-all. That's the epitome of physical fitness at yeah. this point. Do you think that was as relevant, you know, 2000, 2001, 2002 when you're at Miami? I would say that the difference is that now almost everybody's so fit. And I think mm-hmm. back then when you were fit, you had a big advantage. <laughs> so I think now, like, it's small advantages. It's like the people who are doing it the best have the advantage. So, yeah, I definitely think it's changed. Um, and I definitely think nutrition has changed. And then when I was at Miami, we didn't have fueling stations. And every college that I talked to, you know, we work with 
at least 15 colleges, some of the biggest in the country. But they they have fueling stations and they have stations for their athletes and, and they see the importance of it. I, we never had that at Miami. One of the ideas of why we got started is because we used to go when I played for Miami, we used to stop at Walgreens or CVS on like a match day on the road. And our coach, Jay Berger, who, as I'm sure you know, obviously, mm-hmm. top top 10 in the world, would just tell us, go get some bananas, go get some Gatorade, go get this. Now these teams are fully dialed in. They have nutritionists for each team. We didn't have that. We did not have a nutritionist. I don't really know any school when I played that had a fueling station or a nutritionist. So, yeah, the times have drastically changed with nutrition, for sure. And I, I'm curious because I, maybe I was never good enough, but and I, I feel like it might be a personal preference thing as well. But you know, these guys now and, and these girls are burning so many calories during these matches because they are so physically draining. Uh, you know, these bars are not only designed for people who want to eat something before they go on, but you talked about it. They are designed to be able for players who like to have something to eat during the match to nibble on to just have something in their system. Um, I, I guess I'm sure it depends on the level you play at, or maybe not, but are, do you think it is important for these tennis players to be putting things into their system throughout the match, even if, let's say, they eat their breakfast before, just to keep giving something to keep building off of? Absolutely. I think you should be eating every switchover. Um, I think you should be nibbling. I mean, even if you take one bite of something, you know, just a bite, um, you know, even if it's a, a sports drink. I mean, if you look at all of those guys on tour, they're doing something. Um, they're not just drinking water. Uh, you look at Rafael Nadal, I mean, he's famous for it. You know, he does his little thing with his bottles. But if you look at the bottles, it's like pink. You know, there's something in there. There's a, there's a fuel in there that he's using, that he's using every switchover. And then he does the goos. You see him use those goos all the time out there. You have to. I mean, you're exerting so much energy. You're burning so many calories. You're running so many miles out there that if you are – and it's too late once you're hungry. It has to be like a systematic, you know, take a few bites. You know, I'm not hungry, but I'm not not hungry. It's like I'm in between, but you know, it's like when you're dehydrated. Once you figure out you're too de- you're dehydrated, it's too late. You can't all of a sudden hydrate. It's you know that starts you know the night before, and that starts you know ma- before the match. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, you should be definitely munching on something the whole match and drinking every single switchover. I mean, it's it's essential. The problem is the cinnamon honey oat's so good. You're like, I have to finish this. Like, I, I, I'm eating all of it now. So that is the one prop. I mean, that, I think that's why I never ate during matches because I knew I wouldn't show any sort of self-control. Um, but yeah, it, it does feel important. This is not nutrition related, but it stays on the topic of fitness. Uh, I'm just curious right now because there's a difference between flexibility and strength, certainly. But just, the, again, given the physical nature of the sport, the way these players are sliding nowadays the importance of being able to get to your outer thirds cover outside of the alley but then recover back uh, how important is flexibility to a young athlete at this point and what would you recommend again from put on the coaching hat to you know incentivize encourage and improve flexibility from a young age i mean that is that is another thing that is super important um Flexibility allows you to not only move unbelievably well and stretch for balls and, and the whole nine yards, but it also prevents injury. And, uh, I mean, one of the main things that's going to derail you is injury. Um, so, yeah, I, flexibility is key. You know, I had this conversation 
with one of my former teammates, also a great tennis coach, Todd Whittem. I played with him at Miami. Um, we have this conversation every now and then about what you would do if you could do it over again. You know, like what would you do as a player? And I always, <clears throat> I always say like, I would focus so heavy on flexibility <laughs> and, and nutrition and fitness because, I mean, we all hit the ball well. I mean, at a high level, you all hit the ball really well. Um, you know, I think sometimes we get caught up in hitting too many balls and uh, not taking care of the things, the other things. And the other things are extremely important. So, and flexibility is at the top of that list, I believe. In terms of, I, I like that topic as well. I think all tennis players, outside of maybe Roger Federer, who's like, if I could do it again, I'd have skipped that hit. I wouldn't have hit <laughs> throughout any of April of 2011 because yeah. clearly I didn't need it. Um, but when you're replaying that in your mind, there's obviously, you know, the fitness component is obviously always a big thing you kick yourself about. And in terms of distinguishing flexibility versus strength, because at least I'll speak from my perspective, when I turned 16, 17, you know, I wanted to start lifting because I was also going through puberty. I also had off-court needs, uh, you know, like I wanted to interact with women. So I wanted to start <laughs> lifting as well. But where do you think that line between, you know, flexibility and strength training, I guess, I, but the question is, how long should flexibility be the priority before strength training even comes into the picture? Well, I think any great trainer um, uses them hand in hand. You know, um, I think as a, you know, not think I know as a tennis player, it's more of like a high repetition strength training. You know, it's more mm -hmm. of like lighter, the lower the weight, higher repetition, you know, do more reps, more cardio based workout with weight um, and then really focus on the flexibility training um, together hand in hand. Um, you know, the great trainers work in that aspect. It's not, you know, you can do both. You can work on your flexibility while working on your strength. And um, I think the great trainers know how to execute that. And I think that's the key. I think in tennis, you know, you look at Djokovic, you look at Federer, they are in phenomenal shape, shape, but they're not, you wouldn't say they're like bulky and cut. Even Nadal, surprisingly, when you see him like take his shirt off or whatever, he's He's obviously his arms are really, you know, cut, but he's not bulky, you know, like he's not overly bulked. Um, you know, you got to have you got to have that lean muscle mass and you got to be flexible and you got to be able to move and you get a little too bulky and non-flexible. You're just not going to be able to keep up and move well and keep the stamina of these match. I mean, these guys are playing. I mean, egregious amounts of tennis I mean, in, a, <laughs> in a grand slam. I mean, it, sometimes I mean. I was in real, I was always no, I, you know, I was always pretty fit. Like I was always pretty fit and I, I, I cramped once in my life. I like, I was always pretty, I always made it through matches pretty well. That was one of my strengths. And I even watched them sometimes through two weeks <laughs> of a tournament. And I'm like, I have no idea how in the hell they, I mean, I'd love to see their training because I don't even know how you get through that. So. No, it's, it's incredible. I mean, on the, a couple of things off of that one, even when Nadal takes off the shirt now, I'm just so distracted by the lack of hairline 
And I'm like, <laughs> like that is, I feel you, Rafa. Like, that's proof you are human because mine looks the same. Um, one flaw. One flaw. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's got one. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, you're like, no, I, I, my, my hairline, I, uh, I left in Barcelona when <laughs> I won, you know, seven years in a row. Um, but, oh, well. Um, Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, that would be his one flaw on the uh, his one flaw. Uh, not that that's a flaw, but yeah, I, I I would agree with you, except for maybe Berrettini, right? Who's like the bodybuilder. Him right. and Malik Jaziri are like right. the two exceptions to the rule. Yeah, you always have the exceptions to the rule, but I think you know you look at most guys. You know, you look at the Medvedevs of the world, who, by the way, is unbelievable. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and so that's I love talking about Medvedev because he's such a different player, and he doesn't follow the norm, and he has a different game, and it's not, you know, not what everybody, you know, it just goes back, and it's a different topic, but it just goes back to like, you know, not everybody needs to have the same game and be coached the same way, and you know, he's so dynamic and so different that he's so successful because of it. I mean, no one sees it. No one sees what that guy does. And uh, so I think that's pretty cool. But uh, nothing screams yeah. cracked rackets like a tangent. So I'm in on this Medvedev thing. I'm curious. Like, would you say because his flexibility is without a doubt one of his essential features? The way he stretches, gets to that extra ball, just with a slide, a disgusting little slide, and he'll slice it, and just it's dead, and <coughs> it's resetting the point. Um, but I don't think because he, I would say, is not. He's that example. He's not the most explosive athlete. Nope. He has a great first step. I think he reads the game extraordinarily well. But he is like he's the testament to flexibility, right? Absolutely. I mean, I love it because I cannot stand. I'm just not a proponent for like. There's one way to skin a cat to be a good tennis player. I think mm-hmm. there's so many different and cool dynamic ways to be good. Um, I think there's so many different ways and he has figured out his way. And that's a testament to his coaching all the way from his upbringing that they didn't try to change him, that they just let him be him, uh, the way he was. And I, I mean, I remember a shot in the U S open when he played Nadal and he had this low volley in the fifth set or his fourth or fifth set. And instead of hitting like a gen of volley, he hit like a low two handed topspin backhand out of the air <laughs> low. It was, and it's like, you know what? You can't teach that. You know, you just can't teach that. And anyone would be like, no, like you wouldn't do that. Like technically you wouldn't do that. But I loved it that he did it because it was like, that was natural. And whoever coached him, whoever's brought him up, whoever's taken him from wherever he was just knew how to get the most out of him as a player. And I, I I respect that tremendously because, you know, he's, he's just not going to be Nadal. Like, you know, it's just, it's just not who he is and they let him be him and again worked on like you said worked on his flexibility he has a great eye like he sees the ball he has great reaction you know sometimes you don't have to be the fastest if you have you know a good reaction to the ball and you know good anticipation so again they let him be him and as you see i mean i mean that guy is phenomenal i love watching him play because it's different not the same Mm -hmm. that you always see 
To me, it's like it's like a really good ball handler in the NBA who just slows the game down. You play at his speed when you know whether it's LeBron or a Kawhi or just any of those guys. The way the game's going to go at the pace they want. That's a Daniel Medvedev match. He's going to make you hit you know seven extra balls that you don't want to per game, and he's just going to throw in junk and he's going to go down the line. But then you realize he's six six and he's just going to hit this massive slice serve out wide on the deuce because he can do that. And yeah, I, I completely agree with you. It is such a difference between a guy maybe like an Alex Firev who you're just like, oh, yep, I've seen that before. Like just gorgeous ground strokes from the baseline. I'd argue though, again, we haven't seen it like that before because to do what he does at 6'6", to move away the, the around the court he does, the flexibility he shows, uh, it's so impressive. But yeah, it's it, again, to get back to the center of the topic, the flexibility aspect, that is such a key feature in Medvedev being able to get that extra ball. Um, you know, you, you talked about, uh, you know, Michael Russell earlier, who I will mention went to the same high school as I did before he went down to Saddlebrook. Uh, oh, so, man. you know, great, great minds are attracted to great products. So Michael <laughs> Russell, myself, obviously. Um, but you mentioned, you know, you ha- you've gotten the chance to run, run your product, have pro athletes endorse it, but not only that, but use it and embrace Aerobar for what it is. Can you, can you talk a little bit about who you've been involved with? Yeah. Um, well, Michael Russell and James Blake were kind of at the inception with us. And Michael Russell knows uh, Mark Aerosmith from the University of Miami. They played together. They also are from, you know, Jacksonville. Mark went to to uh, to Bowles. I'm not sure where Mike went, um, but, you know, they knew each other. And then Mark coached him a little on tour. So they go back. Um, and again, as as everybody knows, Mike was Mike's career was based on his fitness. And if you still see him today, he's still training like he's on tour. I mean, he's a maniac with his fitness. I mean, every little thing that goes into his body, and I mean, he cares about. So this was a passion for him as well, project. And James Blake also was helping us on the project. And then once we developed the product, uh, we got it out to people like Nicole Gibbs and John Isner and Stevie Johnson uh, Bjorn Frantangelo just came aboard. Um, and to be honest with you, I could probably have a hundred others. It's just, we're a grassroots company. We're really trying to build the right way. We, um, we want to get our product out there and let people know that it's real, that it works. We're not salespeople. We're not pitchy. We just want, you know, them to know that there's pros around the world using it. We're tennis guys. We played at the highest level as well. And we have a product out there for them. And our brand ambassadors validate that. <clears throat> you know, they can use anything. They can use anything in the world. And they don't need it. They didn't need to use Arabar. They chose to use it. Um, and uh, that, that's a real testament to our brand and product. And we're really proud of that because, you know, before any of them even signed on to use it, obviously they tested it. Obviously we had to send them product to see if they liked it on court, if it helped them. Because, as we talked about earlier, nutrition is so key to their success. And, uh, you know, I mean, John Isner, I mean, he just, he just had an amazing feat of, I'm not sure how many years, but finishing in the top 20, um, for a certain amount of years in a row, uh, only the, the big three have done that. And he's one of the four who have done that, which is a pretty big accomplishment. So, you know, again, these guys can use anything, uh, their careers are dependent on it and they choose us. And, uh, that, that makes us really happy and proud, to be honest with you, that we can now give it to everybody. I mean, junior players can use exactly the same thing as these guys are using. So adults, any tennis player. 
So. Yeah, and shameless plug, we had the chance to talk to Steve Johnson. He doesn't eat much anymore, so that he considers Aerobar, that's a major endorsement. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah. So. yeah, absolutely. We know he's just going to – and probably Isner's the only guy who's like able to eat the full bar in a single <laughs> setting because it's like, yeah, but he's seven feet, so it doesn't really count. Yeah, it doesn't count. When you're seven feet, <laughs> nothing counts. It's just like serving. <laughs> it's not fair. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. Well, I, I, you know, I do want to wrap up before I get to my final question. I want to talk a little bit about you because you are a college tennis, uh, former college tennis player at the University of Miami and Arizona State, as I mentioned. Um, I, I do want to ask getting back because you've stayed involved in tennis, but just on a personal level again, because you've been a coach, you've been a player. Um, why staying involved in tennis, you know, coming back, doing this sort of venture? Why did it appeal to you? That's a great question, and it's the basis of our company, actually. So I'm glad you asked that. Um, we want to give back to something that's given back so much to us. Um, I don't meet my business partner unless I play tennis, um, and he's one of my best friends. Um, I don't meet any of these guys that are on board as brand ambassadors. I'm not talking to you if that doesn't happen. Um, it's molded my life. It's changed my life. It's, uh, it's taught me work ethic. It's taught me discipline. Uh, it's taught me everything that, that I've used to succeed in anything that I do. So tennis has been super instrumental. And now, you know, we're using this company as a positive give back. I mean, we have a lot of programs that we're running to give back to tennis. You know, we're working with Florida Tennis, um, their charitable organization, to do some programs with them. We're working with ITA Tennis to try to give back to college tennis through selling bars. Um, we're working with each club and co- any, any country club and pro shop, we're giving a straight give back every bar sold and, but it has to be designated for something in tennis, um, whether it's for a kid that needs equipment or whether it's, you know, a kid at, you know, a kid at their club needs money for traveling or whether it's just to, you know, any charitable organization for tennis, but it has to revolve around tennis. Um, so yeah, at the end of the year, we just give back to all of these things. And, uh, that, that's what formed this. I mean, and that's what, that's why we do it. I mean, to be honest with you, and that's the, that's the most fun part about this is being able to, to impact something that's impacted our lives tremendously. So. Absolutely. And that's why we at Craig Records are so thrilled to get the chance to talk to you to talk about this product outside of how it looks, how much I'm looking forward to trying it later this week when Dalton brings some bars by. Um, it's just it's so cool to see a company like that. That really does. It's it's about the development, right? It's about educating kids on how important nutrition is as tennis players, even when you are young and it feels like, you know, nothing can stop you. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's just an impact, you know, you're impacting on so many levels. Um, and it's something good, you know, you're doing something good. You're, you're, you know, you're teaching nutrition, you're impacting kids to eat properly. Um, there's so many issues with all of that. I mean, we can go on for hours talking about all those issues. Um, you know, especially with the give back portion, I mean, tennis, like college tennis, you know, programs get cut and stuff like that. So as we grow, we would love to be able to give back a ton to college tennis because college tennis was huge for us. And, um, you know, being able to give back to, you know, teaching kids how to eat properly and being able to educate them on a, on a more mass level, you know, and as we grow, we're able to do that. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's just a win-win for everybody. And that's what really, you know, when you wake up every day and you put in the long hours, it just, 
doesn't feel like work at times because it's just it's just so positive. So. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you talk about it not being work. That's why we love doing this at Correct Rackets. It doesn't feel like work. I There's usually two camps of people post-tennis career. There are those who still love the sport and those who are like, nope, I'm completely done with it. I think I know where you fall, but I am curious. You still follow your U- University of Miami Hurricanes? I do. I, yeah, I do. Um, I follow the tennis program. Unfortunately, I follow the football team, which is not so much fun. <laughs> right now but yeah i follow i follow it all i mean i follow miami tennis i follow a a ton of tennis you know i was i go to the u.s open every year i was there this Mm -hmm. year i actually it's funny i watched medvedev practice and uh real quick he couldn't he couldn't make one forehand of the court it was hilarious (laughs) the day before the tournament i mean i i never seen anybody miss more forehands in my life and and i was like holy cow and then he gets to the finals and did what he did so it's just funny it was just a funny story but um yeah no i'm heavily involved i still have my academy uh goal of tennis that i run with my brother alex who played for florida state um you know it would just continue to impact kids and i'm heavily involved in the tennis world so two follow-ups to that would be one uh, we had the pleasure of having estella perez somariba ncaa women's singles champion for the university of miami hurricanes on the podcast earlier uh obviously with her coming back the female hurricanes are looking really good and then your thoughts on the males as well on the men uh how they're going to compete in a, what is always now a loaded acc conference yeah i mean that's impressive by the way what she's doing i mean she's a heck of a player um still still going strong and Paige. Paige was the coach when I was there and, and she was an unbelievable player at UCLA and she does an unbelievable job with the men, but I mean the women, but the men's program has finally turned around. Um, we were struggling for a while, um, you know, uh, for the last 10 years, 15 years. I mean, it's been a struggle, but um, I think they're finally turning around. I think they're turning the corner. I mean, we had some dark moments. We were, we, I remember the darkest was losing to a Boston college who doesn't even have scholarships a few years back and that was a pretty and nothing against Boston College but when you have no scholarships and playing a team with scholarships that's a that's a dark moment and me and uh me and my buddies you know have a group thread still uh some of my former teammates and we were not too happy about that one so (laughs) I'll throw in one of the rapid fires we usually do and this is can be our final question because college tennis you spend so much more time with your teammates than you actually do competing against other schools on the court whenever we have a college tennis player I like to ask them about their teammates but looking back on it you're still involved with some of the guys you play with the one teammate you played with who would be most likely to hook you during practice oh that's such an easy answer and he's gonna love this one Michael Lang 100 (laughs) percent He actually, yeah, we got into it a few times. So yeah, but I love the guy. He's on that. He's on that group thread. One of my close friends. But Michael Lang, one million percent. No, of course. And do you, uh, you guys on the Aerobar team, you talk about who had the better Miami teams? Um, who had the better Miami teams? College teams? Yeah. Um, we were all on it together. So you know. Mm-hmm. It was pretty much the same time, but I mean, I would say that our team was the best that I was on. <laughs> Mark Mark was a little earlier than me, but mm-hmm. I would say that our team, I mean, we made Sweet 16 of NCAAs, and we barely lost to Duke to get to the Elite Eight. So we were, we were top 10 in the country. We were pretty good. So that was the, I would say that was probably one of the best teams besides back in the day, you know, 60s, 50s, 60s, but, you know, I was clearly not alive then. 
Yeah, we were talking Creek and Eagleson. Yeah, um, exactly. Way, yeah, way back in those days. Um, yeah, that, no, that's awesome. I mean, I, I'm such a fan of college tennis as well. What? Any thoughts? I swear, last one. Thoughts yeah. on them switching to no ad scoring? Um, I don't like all the changes. To be honest with you, I'm old school. <laughs> I think that you know all the shortened sets and all the you know ten point breakers. I don't know. I don't think that instills toughness. In American tennis, I think, you know, when I played, it was full eight-game pro sets for doubles, two out of three. You know, I mean, hell, if you played a tough doubles match and then you played a tough three-setter, I mean, that's almost a five-set match. I mean, you're there five hours, six hours. I mean, you're there for a while. Um, And I don't know. I just think that instilled toughness. I thought we were tougher back then. Um, I don't know. And I hate to say it, but I think that probably shows – in the lack of players we're putting out there. And I think it goes all the way to the junior level. I think we need to get back to uh, making everybody play uh, more because I understand that it like takes more time and the whole nine yards. But, I mean, if you want to be a professional tennis player and you're trying to use that as a stepping stone, I don't know. I mean, you know, shortening, it just doesn't, it just doesn't promote fitness and training harder. You don't have to. Mm-hmm. So yeah. to get through it. So, well, that is why those college coaches are anxiously awaiting those arrow bars to help fuel their players so that they will have the physical capabilities of going away back to ad scoring. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for taking the time to come on. Uh, obviously, as I mentioned, I'll be sure to shoot you a text. I will give my rave review of the arrow bar on our next mini break podcast, and I'm looking forward to that. We so much appreciate you taking the time. And anytime you want to come on, you know, let's say Medvedev wins the Australian Open or something, you have a strong take, just shoot me a text. We'd love to have you again. Absolutely. I really appreciate you guys having me on and letting uh... – letting me discuss the brand and all, all other kinds of stuff. Really appreciate of course, it. Real Great. quickly for our listeners who want to learn more, where can they, uh, where can they find out? Um, I'm heavily involved on Instagram. I answer all of our Instagram messages and everything. Uh, it's Aerobar energy on Instagram and aerobar.com is the website. You can learn every, I mean, all of our ingredients, all everything you want to buy bars. It's on there. Um, but I'm, if you want to directly chat with me, I'm, I'm the one running our Instagram page personally. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, again, Andrew Golib, the product is Aerobar. Thank you so much. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family, and look forward to talking to you soon. Same to you. I appreciate it. Yeah, take care. You too.